0: and welcome to Strop's Talk with Carlos Alvarez. I want to thank everyone for liking our posts, sharing our posts on Instagram, uh, listening listening to our podcast on Spotify. Just continue to support. We really do appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy episode number four, My Starting Nine. My Starting Nine. So last week, you know, I posted, you know, on uh, a story on Instagram. You know, I asked, I asked every one of you, You know everyone who follows us on instagram you know to talk baseball you know and uh i got a question asking me my starting nine all-time dodgers and position and lineup order so you know with that i i decided okay sounds good you know my next episode will be on my starting nine all-time dodgers what you have to think about is that we're talking about a rich franchise rich with player development rich with history tradition so it wasn't as easy i thought as i thought it was gonna be but uh i definitely enjoyed this this episode because it really made me look at the whole history of the dodgers from brook from brooklyn to los-, los angeles and forward so here it is my starting nine batting first playing shortstop peewee reese batting second playing third base Ron Zay, batting third, playing center field, Duke Snyder, catching for the Dodgers, Mike Piazza, playing first, batting fifth, Steve Garvey, playing right, hitting sixth, Raul Mondesi, playing left field, hitting number seventh, Dusty Baker, hitting eighth and starting at second base, Jackie Robinson and getting the ball for the Dodgers, none other than Sandy Koufax. There it is, guys. My starting nine. You know, and now I'm gonna talk a little bit, you know, about all of them and you know, some other players that I might have left off that you may, you know, that you may have started. And and that's the beauty of this. You know, you you get to choose your starting nine. But uh a little bit about Pee Wee Reese, you know, your prototypical leadoff hitter. You know, he was what you call a table setter. You know, he, he was great in the stolen bases. He was, you might, you might say he was the best shortstop of that era, you know? And, and the beauty of it, you know, back in the days, you know, he played 16 seasons with the team, you know, but he missed three years because of World War Two. You know, he, he was a 270 batting average, uh, Excellent fielder, you know, if we look at stats now, you know, nine 960 and above. Uh, he was really the the heart and soul of the Brooklyn Dodgers, to be honest. You know, and he's not only known for his you know for his skills on the field, but he's also known for being the first Dodger teammate and not only teammate but baseball player to accept. Jackie Robinson to make that transition of integrating baseball easier. So with that with all that, you know, I I just had to go with Pee Wee Reese. Uh when I was thinking about other Dodgers, you know, who've let off, you know, and and have played a important role in, you know, in other Dodger teams, uh, you know, I thought about Rafael Furcal, you know, excellent rookie of the year, Cannon. Cadency with you know with the Braves uh and you know we signed him as a free agent and he had a solid you know a solid one or two years and and then injuries caught up with them you know we ended up trading him he he finally captured a World Series ring with you know our, our the hated Cardinals but I felt that we we got for Cal you know at a point where he was the way he was playing baseball and i'm talking about stealing bases going from first to third you know that 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 plays a tear in the body you know the way he played defense he was just a a wizard out there too with the glove and and i think that caught up to him uh we can't forget brett butler he had a couple good years with with the dodgers you know batting first so there's there's a lot of players out there you know for the Dodgers that have played important roles as a leadoff hitter or as a shortstop, we can't forget Bill Russell. You know, during the nineteen eighties, he he played an important part. You know, in in that uh infield, you know, that core. So definitely, that was all the players you know that I thought about. But at the end of the day, you you can't take away what Pee Wee Reese meant in Brooklyn and and also you know in LA, uh, and. The way he came about, not only with his hitting, fielding, but his character. You know, his character of being that team player, of being that leader for the the Dodgers in a time where, like I said, we were in it they were integrating baseball. You know, it was all about Jackie Robinson. So with that, with pee Wee, now, you know, our my second, you know, my number two hitter, uh playing third base, Ron Zay. You know, during the 1980s, you have to think about that. During the 1980s, it was primarily a third baseman type of year, type of you know era. We're talking about Mike Smith of the Phillies, Wade Boggs of uh, Boston. Uh, uh, we're talking about uh, Brett. We're talking about Gary uh, Gaetti. So there were so many stars at third base for us to have one a top 10 star at third base during the 1980s that was just golden and and Ron Say was that Ron Say was an excellent fielder you know he was co MVP of the World Series in 1981 he really was you know he man he was the one who took care of the hot corner you know we're thinking about the 1980s Dodgers, the infield of Steve Garvey, Davey Lopes, Bill Russell. But Ron Say was there at their base, you know, putting it all together. That defense was fabulous. You know, it it was a defense that had the pitchers back. And Ron Say was that and more. He was a power hitter. He was a high RBI guy. So Ron Say played an important role you know, as a third baseman during the 1980s in baseball and not only in baseball, but, but of course, you know, with the Dodgers. And when I think about third base for the Dodgers, you know, of course, you know, a lot of people may, may think, you know, really Justin Turner, but Justin Turner has been that and more, you know, I, I was actually thinking of, you know, starting Justin Turner, uh, you know, but obviously his first year, he was a platoon player. Then, you know, he blossomed into what he is today. Uh, but Justin Turner has been that, like, if I think about someone who's carried the Dodgers throughout, you know, uh, this, this era, I would think it's Justin Turner. Like he's been a consistent bat. He's been a consistent leader. He's been a consistent face of the franchise. And, you know, I would also thought about Beltre. Beltre was a talent at their base, you know, a talent, a talent, nothing was getting past Boutry, Uh When he first started, you know, he wasn't a, as a, he wasn't as developed in his hitting, but, he, you know, it's crazy. He wasn't as developed, but he still will hit 15, 20 home runs, you know, 60, 70 RBIs. And his last year, what did he do? He, he blossomed into the player that, you know, a Hall of Famer, wh- what he was. You know, unfortunately, uh, the Dodgers didn't pay him. You know, he he went to uh, Seattle. He had a couple down years. Then he, you know, he finally found his his groove in, in uh, Texas. But, you know, after looking at that, at Justin Turner, Beltre, I, I, I knew that Ron Say was that person because he played with the Dodgers, you know, 11 plus, 10 plus seasons, you know, and, and he was the man at third, man. Like, he was really the man. Like, he handled defensively you know, top, top 10, top five during the 1980s, top five for his hitting. He was an MVP candidate, you know, probably top 10 during the 1980s because he was that solid of a player. Now hitting third for the Dodgers, for me, it was an easy pick. You know, I think about the glory days, you know, they say the glory days of of baseball. You know, we're talking about, DeMadro, Mays, and who else? Duke, Duke Snyder. He was our golden player, you know? He was in the conversation of Mays and DeMadro. He was a star in Brooklyn and LA. He played for the Dodgers from 1947 to 1962. And he played the toughest, you know, most demanding position, center field, the captain out there, you know? And he played with with the grace, you know. He hit for power, forty plus home runs. He for his career, he hit a four hundred and seven home runs, uh, thirteen hundred plus RBIs. He was he used to. I think his average was like two ninety five, you know, at a premier position in the outfield. And just think of thinking about him. You know, makes me think about DiMaggio, think about Mays. Of course, I didn't see him play, but I know the history. I, you know, I, that's what brought me closer to be a Dodger fan. I have a signed magazine by Duke Snyder, you know, a Sports Illustrated from 1955. And that's my glory. You know, that's my remembrance. So when I thought about center field, uh, who else, you know, you may ask me like, who else was I thinking about? Yeah, there was Kemp. You know, Kemp was a talent, man. Like, Kemp was an overall talent. Like, he was a, a specimen, man. Like, you know, he, he almost got that 40-40, you know, that MVP candidacy. Uh, but, you know, he ended up losing to Ryan Braun. We find out he used steroids. But but Kemp was, was up and coming. You know, injuries slowed him down. But he still was a productive major league player. Then he came back, you know. We uh, we lost against Boston, but he had a decent year. I think he cl- he hit twenty home runs, you know. Provided you know that leadership, and and Kemp was really up and coming. I, I talked a little bit about Brett Butler. Brett Butler was an excellent fielder out out in center field, and we can't forget you know Willie Davis. You know during that time, w- Willie Davis was you know fast. You didn't see that out there, you know. You didn't see speed and power all at once. And that's what Willie Davis brought. But when I thought about, you know, who's gonna hit third and you know that position, there's no one like like Duke. There was no one like Duke Snyder. And and that's the reason, he, you know, he's our number three hitter. He's my number three hitter. And he's you know, he's the captain out there in the outfield. I, I might get something, some negativity with this pick. You know, because there there are a lot of good catchers in in Dodger history. But when I think about cleanup spot, I think my Piazza. You know, I think power. You know, home run to right field. Going with the pitch with power. You know, like I said, I talked a lot about Piazza in, you know, past episodes. Face of the franchise, Hall of Famer, and the best offensive hitting catcher you Know that I that i watched that that I grew up with, and you know that's the reason I you know I I disregarded Campanella, of course. You know, Hall of Famer, he he had his career cut short due to a tragic accident, but for me, it was it was really my piazza all along. Of course, we have a prior to Mike, you know, we have another Mike, you know, Mike Sosha, who in my opinion should have been at one time uh manager of the Dodgers, but that's another story. But, you know, Mike was, uh, he would handle our, our pitching, you know, the best way possible. If I could compare him to someone, uh, I would say uh, Molina, you know, Yari Molina from the Cardinals. He uh, so sure handled his pitching staff the same way that I feel Molina does now. Uh, he wasn't much of a, a hitter, but, you know, he had his clutch moments. And, and, and obviously he helped the Angels, you know, capture that elusive World Series. But... When I think about catching cleanup hitter, there was no one in my mind. When I made this lineup, that's the first person I penciled in, Mike Piazza. After Mike, you know, it was, for me, it was another player from the from that 1980s core, Steve Garvey. You know, Garvey should have never ended his career as a padre. He should have finished his career with the Dodgers. He's a for sure Hall of Famer in my eyes. He he was just dominant, man. Like he was just a great hitter, consistent hitter, uh gold glover at first base, top 10 and and MVP during his time, you know, 5 plus 10 times, ta- 5 plus 6 times. And you know, he he was a winner because when his when he when he was signed by San Diego, what did they, what did they do? What they captured their first pennant. You know, obviously they they lost in the World Series, but that's what Steve Garvey. That's who Steve Garvey is—a winner, and he, that's what he meant for the Dodgers. That winning player, that solid, consistent player at first base. You know, you're only as good as as your first baseman sometimes. You know, and and Steve Garvey was the best at picking up his players. You know, a bad throw here, Steve Garvey would. You know, dig it up like nothing. So Steve Garvey was was penciled in in my fifth spot. You know, starting starting at first base. I have to think about you know other Dodgers playing first base who who kind of fit that category too. You know, Gil Godges, You know, with in Brooklyn, uh, Eric Carroll's most recent. You know, I'll say Aegon, man. Like Aegon was the the excitement. You know, when we did that big trade after. Guggenheim bought the team aegon was that you know that mexican-american uh touch and not only that but he was a excellent player with the Dodgers uh he got hurt you know in 2017 and and that was when you know Ballinger came up about and you know it, it was a rocky ending but Aegon was everything for la uh, during those four four plus years you know that that we got him but when I think about first baseman and you know, hitting after my Piazza, um, I'm thinking Steve Garvey all the way. I talked a little bit about our my number six hitter, Raul Mondesi, of course, Rookie of the Year. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, Sean Green, Andre Ethier, but, you know, Reggie Smith. But this is my starting nine, okay? And I've told you this in previous episode. what Mondesi brought out in the field was an amaze like an ah you know that throw from right field to third that throw from right field to second to cut out that runner that power that speed you know the doubles turn to triples a single turn to doubles that was Mondesi so I I I had to have him in, in my starting nine because of his defense out in the outfield and just the speed and power that that was not, not that that was different you know in the in the 90s it was, it was something new, and it was exciting, and it it was new f- for us Dodger fans. After Mondesi, I had Dusty Baker. You know, a lot of you think about Dusty Baker as coach of the Giants, you know, coach of the Nationals, coach of the Cubs. You know, I feel he should have been at one time in his career coach of the Dodgers. I, I truly do because he knows the Dodgers way and that's the reason that he's my starting left fielder you know and hitting behind Mondesi because defensively Dusty Baker was was an athlete you know I know we all think about Dusty Baker now or maybe may think about him you know as a coach but Dusty Baker had a power he was the RBI guy for the Dodgers team he was a catalyst in the 1981 World Series he was really that that prime player you know that that uh that flashy player. And and in other news, you know, and I'm pretty sure you guys have heard, heard about this. If not, check out that uh, ESPN short, you know, that he created the high five. You know, crazy. He he brought that, that swag. Uh, Dusty Baker was really that, that flashy player, but that flashy composed player. And that's the reason I was thinking about left fielders. I'm thinking about uh, Gary Sheffield, who had excellent excellent couple of years, you know, with with the Dodgers. Uh, but to me it the one person that came about that that really was, you know, for me was Dusty Baker. Him with uh, Ron Say, Steve Garvey and, and Reggie Smith, you know, they collected 30 home runs. First time in baseball history that four players in the same team ever did that. So it was always for me, it was it was gonna be Dusty out in left field. And that's that's my starting nine. So we get to our eighth spot. You know, uh obviously number nine is our pitcher, you know, we're we're in the national league, so we have no dh. Uh, but when I think about the number eight hitter, I think about another prototypical leadoff man, you know. And even though he wasn't a, a leadoff man, he was, you know, on the two hole, three hole here and there, uh I have Jackie Robinson. The great Jackie Robinson playing second. And a lot of you may think of may think, you know, great because oh he integrated baseball. Yeah, that has a lot to do with it. Without him having the courage of, you know, taking a step back, taking all that abuse, you know, silently, and just performing and trying to perform. Just think about the pressure that man must have gone through, you know, getting spit at, uh, not only by fans but you know, players. You know, the the players, their your own teammates. You know, not wanting you in the team. So think about that pressure, and for him to still produce, that's that's just incredible. And of course, I'm gonna have him in my starting nine, starting at second base. You know, his he they finally captured a World Series ring in 1955, but. In 1949, his MVP year, Robinson was in a in a place of its own. Like he was really after that 47 season, of course, is the inaugural season, you know, when we integrated baseball, you know, he he had a solid 1949 season. It was finally like, okay, I could relax. Now let me play. You know, he he stole home base. He brought a new type of game to the game of baseball. We can't forget that. Yes, he was black, but his type of baseball became the Dodgers way. You know, that character became the Dodgers way. What the man stood for is the Dodgers way. And the Dodgers have had, you know, a lot of good second basemen, you know, back going back to the 1980s. That core was together for 10 plus seasons, guys, 10 plus season. And that was Davey Lopes. You know, he, he used to be the starting second baseman during the 1980s. And then we have Steve Sachs. He was a solid player. We all heard about his, you know, having uh, throwing issues from second to to first. And But he was a solid player. And, you know, the one player that a lot of fans forget about, and, and in my eyes, he's a Hall of Famer, Jeff Kent. When we signed Jeff Kent, yeah, everyone thinks, oh, Moody Kent, you know, really keeps to himself, but he performed. He was a leader by his actions. He was an old rah-rah guy, but he was solid for the three plus seasons that he was a Dodger. But at the end of the day, there there was no choice other than Jackie Robinson. Last but not least, who else? Starting for the Dodgers, the GOAT, Sandy Koufax. There's no other starting pitcher that I would have for the Dodgers take game 1 of the world series game 7 with with the must win i i didn't see him live you know i i've i've had the opportunity to see Kershaw you know the comparison Kershaw Kershaw is great man Kershaw is great you know he's had some tough postseason starts but what he's done you know in comparison to other players, it's 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 really on a level of its own, and and for sure Kershaw's a Hall of Famer, but when I think about Koufax, I'm thinking about those six plus years. Wow, like wow, guys, like he pitched four no hitters. He he had a he has a career high of. Career strikeouts, 2,300 plus. And I'm talking about this guy only pitched 10 plus years. You know, he had injury which caused him to retire early. But his prime is like no other. Of course we're going to give him the ball. And the Dodgers have had great pitchers. I've talked Kershaw, you know, Hershizer, Valenzuela, of course, Don Sutton. There's so many. But who do I want starting Game one, game seven, you know, with the series on the line, I want Colfax and no one else. So there you have it, guys. That is my starting nine. Let me hear your starting nine. Let's talk baseball, guys. This, is, this episode was so much fun for me because it really helped me see, you know, the rich history of players that the Dodgers have had. But it also makes me think about who's my all-time major league starting nine. So... Once again, let me hear you guys like our post on Instagram, share our posts on Instagram, subscribe to our podcast through Spotify, and I hope you enjoy this episode, My Starting Nine, because once again, this is Strop's Talk with Carlos Alvarez, where the only thing backwards, it's the name. <laughs>